Accessing library computer data. Hey guys, hopefully you've been enjoying our promo and teaser episodes. Next couple of shows we'll be discussing our time at DST3. In this show you'll hear two recordings. The first one's going to be an exclusive recording of the press call, while the second one is going to be our ball fan panel. And then the next show which is going to be part two, we'll be discussing our experience at the convention. See you soon. Bye. Good morning, everyone. Kapla. Welcome, members of the International Intergalactic Press Corps, I should say. We get one wave. Hi, my name is Jordan Hoffman, and we're about to kick off... uh, Thank you. We're about to kick off uh, a wonderful, spectacular weekend of Destination Star Trek, and um, I want to introduce the members of the Federation and various other um, outfits that are here today. We'll do a quick photo op, and uh, we'll do questions from the audience if they are here. So we have a lot of people backstage. Let's get them all on stage. Uh, First, we have Jerry Ryan is here. A big round of applause. Um, and um, I think we'll just do some photo ops, and then when we get people here, we'll, then we'll get you a microphone and, and you can speak. So next we have uh, LeVar Burton is here. Can we bring LeVar Burton up? And Gates McFadden is here as well. This way. <laughs> and you can come around this way or this way. We're just going to do a quick photo op, informal, and uh, then we'll take some questions. Who else is back there? We've got Denise Crosby is back here. Come on up. And Marina Sirtis is here as well. Come on in and grab a seat. Hi there. How are you? Who else is back there? Michael Dorn is here as well. The mighty son of Moog himself. How are you? I'm Jordan. Nice to meet you, sir. Uh, you're going to come here, and the, they're going to take your photo, and then we'll take some questions. I see. How are we doing the questions? Okay. Okay, great. So we're going to um, take a pause here for photos. I'm going to stay behind the thing. <laughs> and uh, in a moment or two, we'll bring out some more guests. And we will take a quick moment if there are some questions. Let's try to do it in a relatively orderly manner. If someone has a question, you'll raise your hand, and uh, we can ask it of our guests, and then we can move on to the next group. Are there questions from the Intergalactic Press Corps? In the checkered shirt. We have a question for Marina. I can hear you. Could you hear what he said, Marina? This gentleman, and, and what, from what, which organization do you represent, sir? From a Star Trek blog, which shall not be named, wants to know how Marina is going to handle this weekend without Jonathan Frakes here. And we have a mic, so can we hand that over? Perfect. 
We're not really married, you know. All right. <laughs> Just married on TV. Um, well, it'll, we, we'll miss him. We'll miss him. We'll all miss him because well, he is a force of nature. And um, he does change the, um, the atoms in a room when he walks in, doesn't he? Stirs it up. So we will miss his energy. But, you know, we've got so many other people here. And as long as Spurs win tomorrow, I don't care. Oh, shut up. Bloody draw last night against Besiktas. That's a rubbish Europa League. That's all right. Question, sweetheart. No one's got a question. Anyone else got a question? What happened to our, uh, our, our, our uh, yeah, exactly. the, uh, the, the MC? We've been abandoned. I know. Yeah. yeah. Oi. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yes. Who else has a question uh, from the Intergalactic Press Corps? You can take the girl out of Tottenham, but you can't take Tottenham out of the girl. All right. Oi. Yeah. There you go. I know, it's awesome. I think there's an Arsenal fan, there's a Gooner in here somewhere. Oh, bless. Someone's got to support them, haven't they? Yes. Okay, do we have uh, one more question or we're going to bring out the next group? Let's bring out the next group. Okay. okay. Photos are, are done. I think we're going to uh, escort our guests off and we'll bring the next group. There is a question, I'm sorry. In the black shirt, go for it. means to be okay I think the beauty of Star Trek and why it's been so long lived is because it's number one it's an optimistic view of the future it's in a completely inclusive view of the future and I think it opened a lot of doors when it it was groundbreaking when it came out in the 60s and um, and that tradition is carried on, and I love that, and I think that's been embraced, obviously, all over the world. Um, and meeting the fans is incredible, and I've had, I know, personally with my character, because she had to learn about humanity, and so she was very awkward and very um, innocent in very many ways, and, and her social skills <laughs> were not necessarily impressive. And I've heard from a lot of people over the years who maybe you're on the autism spectrum or um, have Asperger's or something like that who have really been able to relate to Seven and that she's helped them. And I, and I love that. I love that, you know, I've been able to portray a character that's actually touched someone like that and, and been able to help in some way. So it's, it's pretty cool. And you guys are amazing fans. I mean, they're, it's the most enthusiastic, passionate, loyal group of people you would ever hope to meet. That's really true. And um, I also feel, you know, we... We really have brought to life a lot of things that uh, in the in the 60s, things like uh, communicators. Now we have cell phones. The futurists have made a lot of predictions, and Gene Roddenberry had uh, all the scientists and uh, people who were in medicine and genetics, and so many of the things have come true. I also feel that, especially for the female characters, we've been uh, lucky to be role models for a lot of women and men, and especially women, and it's very important. We hear that from fans all the time, how much it has meant to them to have a show that the whole family could watch together. 
and people who are, have been in the military, uh, doctors, and, and also like kids who didn't really have, uh, who were in foster homes. They would look at some of our characters and really relate to it as we were their family. And uh, I would say most of us feel pretty honored to be involved with a show that speaks, uh, thinks so well of the future, uh, as Jerry said. Um, and I don't know if you want to add something. Anyway, thank you very much. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Um, we're going to uh, let our guests leave. We're going to bring up another group of people now. There's what? Sarge? Oh, go, Sarge. Well, uh, yes. You're asking the wrong people. We're just actors. You should, you're asking the oily rag. You need to ask the mechanic that question if you get my drift. Okay, because we don't know. No one tells us anything. Okay. All right. Thanks, folks. All right, so this group is going to, group A is going to exit and group B. Okay, folks, so coming uh, on the stage right now, um, from backstage, if somebody can snag, uh, Ethan Phillips is here. Ethan Phillips, Anthony Montgomery, John DeLancey, Robert Picardo, James Darren. You're the next contestants. Come on in, grab a seat. John DeLancey's back there. Hey, man, how are you? I'm Jordan. Nice to meet you. Uh, Ethan Phillips is down there, too, right? Hello, sir. How are you, sir? Nice to meet you. Hey, man. How are you? So we're just going to do a quick photo op and then some... One or two quick questions. Max Grodenschik is here as well. Uh, hello. Come on in and grab a seat. Yes, I did. Come on in. Great. I think we have room for everyone to grab a seat. You are today. I'm not standing with Voyager I think we allow uh, Voyager DS9. Miscegenation is fun. It's just a quick, quick press call. And then last we've got all the actors directors. <laughs> not the, 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 you know, the... Yeah, not the, <laughs> below the line. Um, I will need your help with the name. Yeah, okay. okay. You know, so like I, was, I didn't realize, if I know I was going to be doing this, I would have prepared, no, I would have no, had no, everybody. In general, you put them on at least these bits, right. and then the rest... Okay, folks, we're on a little bit of a clock here, so if everybody can grab a seat, we'll take some seated photos. And we're going to take two questions from the audience, from the collected uh, and assembled group of uh, intergalactic press. <laughs> uh, who's got a question? Hands up. We have, we got one in yellow. Go right ahead, yellow. It's, it's nice to be back in the old rising damp, old blighty. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's absolutely lovely to be here, and I'm very happy to be with all these people, uh, particularly Aaron. Um, but the others, yes. Uh, 
It's great. Thank you guys for having us out again. I enjoyed it. It's my second time doing it, the Media 10. I did it with the five captains in two, 2012. And you guys showed us a wonderful time, so I was excited to come back. And Bob and I will be co-emceeing this weekend, so we're going to have a lot of fun. Yes, uh, Anthony and I will be emceeing certain of the events. Uh, I was told it was not because we were the most popular Star Trek actors, simply the most physically beautiful. <laughs> and um, certainly not because we're the funniest. Uh, here, take the mic. Hi, it's great to be back in the UK. I was, uh, I was here many years ago. I did a film at Shepparton called The Guns of Navarone. And um, I also worked at Talk of the Town. So tomorrow night I'm singing for the second time in the UK down at the little pub here. And we'll have a great time. It's great to be here for Star Trek. I had a great time doing yeah. DS9, uh, playing Vic Fontaine. And uh, it's good to be, uh, to be part of this uh, convention. It's always nice to be here, the center of the empire, as it were. And uh, so I'm just delighted. I've been here in London many, many times, in England, in Scotland, still part of the country. Um, so I've, uh, I'm delighted to be here. Thanks. Now, if I could have all your cameras, I'd appreciate it. Well, I guess whoever did whatever show, I mean, for me, I'm going to be killed in about two seconds here, but for me, DS9 was the best show because I was part of it. <laughs> not, not, not because I was in it, but I just, I loved the character I played. I loved the characters in, in, the, in the series. So uh, to me, that was my, my favorite one. I, I concur, Jimmy. It, it was the best show. That's right. Oh, of, that's of all right. shows. Of course. You know, uh, it was a great show. It was, it was the only show. I didn't know there was a Voyager. I thought these guys were on our show, too. Is there a show called Voyager? Oh, I did an episode of Voyager. Why? I was I, on Voyager. I've not gotten so much action before. John, weren't you, are you the only actor who was on every one of them except for the original series? So you have absolutely no allegiance. You're kind of the... Um, yes, I was on all three. And I have a very strong opinion about which is the best show. I was on every show but DS9. Wait, there's a reason for that. <laughs> and not, my favorite show is DS9. <laughs> wait, wait, all three? Because, of course, I'm going to say Enterprise is better than... I mean, I appreciate these guys. These are my brothers, but you guys know who the best captain is. Captain Archer. Right, so... Let's just no. There's no one-ups, man. Thank you for that question. No, there's no there's no competition between us. Are you kidding me? I thought we were simply told that the original series was the best one, and we should shut up. Is that that's obviously not, not the case? But <laughs> do you guys fight among yourselves? Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Thank you. Captain Archer, absolutely. Thank you. All right, folks, we have one more group of people coming out for a quick photo op, but let's let these people off the stage.
Okay, so we're going to bring out um, a next group of people. We have Alice Krieg here. Just a quick photo op and one or two questions. We have also um, Steve, Steve Rankin is here. Vaughn Armstrong is here. Casey Biggs is here. Hello, sir. How are you? Hannah Hate is here. Hello. Susie Plaxen is here. She's on her way. Redhead. Ron Moore is here. Nicholas Meyer is here. While Wrath of Khan plays in another room, Nicholas Meyer is here right now. Andre Bormanis is here. And Larry Nemechek is here. The anchor to this whole affair. So we'll take a quick photo op. Yes. And you guys know the drill. We'll do a photo op for a few moments, and then we'll take two questions, and then we have to move the train along. Okay, folks, if you want to grab a, a seat, if there's room for everyone. And then uh, we got to make this fairly brief because uh, Mr. Meyer has to race off to do a Q&A for the end of Wrath of Khan, which is ending any moment. Right now, Spock is dying in that next room right over there. No spoilers, I'm sorry. So who's got a quick question? In the blue. He's asking if you'd like to elaborate, but... I feel very fortunate to have been thrust into that uh, set of circumstances and very lucky that it worked out. I had a friend who had a production company. It was called Miracle Pictures. And their subriquet was, if it's a good picture... It's a miracle. Uh, any other questions? Someone, where's my friend in yellow? Who's got a question? Going once, going twice. All right. What's the best thing about playing a villain? What's the best thing about playing a villain? I tell you, the best play thing about playing a villain is that you always get the best lines. You know, and you don't always die until the last moment of the last episode of the last series, and then you get the residuals. Who else is a villain? I would argue that DeMar is not a villain. He was, at the end, he, uh, he redeemed himself and the Dominion. Because <laughs> um, I guess you get to do things that you wouldn't dream of doing in, in the rest of your life, and you get to enjoy them, and there's no payback. We're all villains, I'm telling you, that's for sure. Is that it? Anything else? Good? We'll see you opening night. All right, folks. Thanks Cheers, again. Cheers, thanks. And uh, I'll take this from you. 
welcome. We can uh, just exit in an orderly fashion, please. <laughs> thanks, folks, for staying. I know it took a little bit before we got everybody up here, but uh, thanks very much. Thanks. Hello. Ah. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Now, come on, it's Friday. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Excellent. Make, make, make the Voyager stage, make sure that you're having much more fun over here. It's older, isn't it? Right, ladies and gentlemen. It's my, I'm proud to introduce these three guys to you. These are from the Engage podcast. Now, they've never done a fan panel before at any convention. Their whole lives have been building up to this moment. I'm going to introduce the guys on stage, and then we're going to have a bit of a quiz about these three boys. So, from the Engage podcast, please welcome on stage, Simon, Jamie, and Phil. Hello. Okay, so what I've got to tell you about these guys is, one of them has an encyclopedic knowledge of every single starship that's ever appeared in all of the franchises of Star Trek. The other one has an encyclopedic knowledge of every single episode in in chronological order, but he's only a fan because of Jerry Ryan. (laughs) The third one only saw Star Trek II the other day, has never seen Star Trek 3, 4, 5, or 6. He just watched the first two and then skipped right through to the next generation. So, I'm going to come back afterwards, and I hope you've guessed which one it is. So, Simon, Jamie and Phil from the Engage podcast. Thank you, Neil. Thank you. Hello. Thanks, Neil. How's everyone doing? Is everyone enjoying the day so far? Good. Yeah. Plenty of autographs. <laughs> You're all being kept busy. Yeah? Yeah. Well, we're from the Engage Podcast. I'm Simon. With me are... Jamie. And Phil. And as Neil said, we're a new uh, podcast, so I don't expect any of you to know us, first of all. But I think before we get into the topic, I think we better really talk about who enough we are and what we're about. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I think. (laughs) A quick sum up of who we are, let's say, and then we'll go straight into the podcast. I think so. I'm the oldest fan. I've been a fan for over 15 years and know quite a lot about the things. Jamie's sort of in between. Middle of the road, hard to call yeah. it. <laughs> and then you've got Phil, who's a brand new fan, that's getting to know it as we go along. Yeah, indeed. So we've actually, we're quite unique in our format in that we do sort of the quiz at the beginning and the news at the end. And my special part of the podcast is for those new fans. I'll be asking all those questions not a lot of people get to ask. Because mainly, if you ask those questions to an old fan, they're going to look at you and think, hang on a minute, you should know this. You should know this answer. When again, they always do. Well, we try to help, don't we? Yeah, that's right. That's why we've got three levels of knowledge. That's why it's so good. So, We're also quite um, unique in the fact that we do what we call our general interest podcast. So we talk about issues outside of Star Trek, and you get to know us a little bit better. So Simon's here, for example, is Anne Frank. And, well, you'll know his speciality is now, obviously, Starships. 
Um, he's I, been, I do know quite a bit about yeah, it. No, no. Well, well my, my knowledge of starships is pretty shocking. But yeah, hey. it's, it's a big ship. Yeah, it's, it's a, a big, big ship. ship. That looks nice. I like the shape of that ship. I he think. knows his ABCs. <laughs> but well, he hopefully. looks at the ship and then goes, Oh, Jerry Ryan. Yeah. Well, it's, it's Well, yeah. That's basically it for me, I think, yeah. And also the fact that we... <clears throat> so you get to know us a little bit better. And Simon here is what we like to call a Yoda for Star Trek. So that comes up quite often. We're calling him a Yoda. Yeah, the cross-references is always happening between the two. Please don't boo us for that, but hey, it's... Blame these two. <laughs> we'll Nothing the, to do with me. We'll get the, we'll get the, we'll get the emails then, yeah. Be Send the through. emails to them, not me, not me. <laughs> right, so then we've got Jamie here, more of our Voyager expert than anything else. Yep. Like I said, knows the morning chronological order. We did say to him we'll try and do it in alphabetical order as well as chronological order. But yeah, that completely threw that well. me. I've got to be honest, that completely threw me. Like I say, his other interests are Titanic. I think there's probably a lot of people here like Titanic. Yeah. Odd, really, because, of course, he likes a lot of the ships, but then we talk about Titanic, but we'll move yeah. on from that. Um, <laughs> and, of course, the only other thing he likes is the... Um, what's your... I like, size, I like yeah. the sort of crime show type things, really, so that's, that's what I also like. Just don't understand why, though. It's all a bit of rubbish. Well, some of it's factual, some of it's not. But hey, I'm Half not hour, gonna... they've solved it. Yeah, no, it's not particularly realistic in that respect, I suppose. And then, last of all, obviously, we've got Phil here. He's a brand-new fan. Favourite Phil. a very good photo, mate. Well. Enjoying it. Make you look beautiful, haven't we? Yeah. Making you look good, Phil. And his favourite <laughs> films, Generations, and his, his uh, interests outside Star Trek are 101st Airborne from D-Day. So I think, after all that, I think we've introduced ourselves properly. Now it's time to go on to our topic, after yeah. all that. Yes. But I think a good place to start is Simulation. Don't you think, guys? Yeah, I mean, the origins of the Borg and how they actually started, and we can go into that a little bit later, yeah. but really, to the crux of it, to actually work out whether the Borgs are villains or victims, we really want to know how they start. So simulation is a good place to start, yeah. It is, I mean, it's a case of the fact that it's sort of, is it, you know, it's a, it's a form of control, so psychological or physical. Is it also a case of loss of humanity? Yeah, that's, that's part of it, isn't it? That's part of losing control. So, it, you know, it's lots of things, but there's also the fact of body horror from the fact they lose limbs and things because well, of it. Well, that's got to be a scary thought, though, isn't it? I mean, actually being assimilated. I mean, I remember when I was first watching Star Trek and I just had nightmares about the Borg when they first came on. It just scared, the, just scared me. Oh, my God, you know? Yeah, that image of that guy coming up to you. And, yeah, yeah. That was, you're scaring me now, Phil. And, it's, and we're not even... We're still awake. It's like I'm in an episode. <laughs> I mean, in, in terms of assimilation, I think that's probably the worst thing people have. I mean, anyone else here I want to point, a point across about the assimilation? If there's any questions at all, you know, please raise your hand. Yeah. Yeah, welcome. Anyone? Anyone? No. No. Anybody? I think, no. I think, to be fair, we are at a Star Trek convention. Is there actually anyone out there? We are at a Star Trek convention. I think everybody knows about oh, assimilation. That's, that's oh, one there. That's one, one, one there. Back. Why do we got one on the back? Ah, uh, this is the uh, new Trekkie girl, just like me. She you knows absolutely you're, nothing. Yes, yeah, well, you're, are you a Trekkie? Are you a girl then, Phil? Don't ask me a question. Girl, I was just girl. waving. But what do you think, though? What do you think, though? What was the question? I was tweeting. I'm sorry. No, we're just we, we're talking about assimilation and what the worst part of that is and how scary it is and what would be the worst part what's, for anyone else to be. What's the worst that? thing for you? Losing your identity, yes, I think. That's a big part, Who isn't you it? are. Yeah, is I mean, good? Big thing in the room, isn't it? Just kind of... 
Because you said oh, the blimey, ball. it's just kind of, that's me gone, and that's your big part of a big group then, aren't you? Well, yeah, because you've got the Borgs that are the collective, and you've got, it said, two people, whoever they are, they're individuals. So it's going from being an individual and losing that part of yourself. It's, yeah. So. But then we've also got to think about why do they assimilate? I mean, they're searching for knowledge. Is it a case that they want to know everything, or is it they just want to conquer? Are they searching for that knowledge yeah. mainly on a basis, like you say, they are just doing that? Yes. I think that leads us slightly on to the origins of the board yeah, more than anything else. Yeah, because I mean, with the thing about the Borgies, all we know is that they originated thousands of years ago in the Delta Quadrant. We actually don't know anything else about them. So this is where it, it, this topic comes in so wonderfully. There's lots of speculation. There's yeah. no right or wrong answer. We've answers. come up with some, something, but you might have a completely different idea. We want to hear it, and you could go, ah... Oh, Ah, what about this though? And actually challenge us, who have been working on this for what months, two about months, a couple of months now. Yeah, so yeah, you've been challenge us. That's that's the question we want you to do. have a think and see what we've come up with, and you see if you can come up with something better. I mean, one of the big things we have talked about is this situation where you've got Vija and from motion picture, the ball, from the motion picture. Yeah, this is the one of the ones I've recently watched. Yeah, but have <laughs> have the Borg come a situation where they have moved on mainly because they're simulating because they're on a program so they're only ever fulfilling their program are they fulfilling a maker's program so have the Borg started from purely and simply just that simple yes no we will assimilate maybe maybe you know maybe Voyager had a part maybe it came in contact with another probe maybe that probe then crashed into a planet came in contact with a humanoid species and then you get exponential growth as I've got up there on the. So we're trying to say the Borg started off for just a as normal one man humanoid. Being simulated, yeah. yeah. Or you could go down the Cyberman route, or you could go down the Cylon route. You've also got to think of exactly, you know, because you say it could be, you know, the fact that this creator of the Borg wasn't to blame. It could be the fact that there was maybe some sort of technological malfunction, because obviously the Borg are part of part of their makeup is actually technology. So maybe that's actually where it's come from, where you've got a probe that's been sent out and there's been some sort of malfunction and that's actually assimilated them. But Again, is, going back to Vija. But is there actually a creator of the Borg? That's a scary thought, isn't it? Mm. So puppy someone, on strings. Someone be up beyond the Borg Queen. Yeah. So, so, so you mean someone behind the Borg Queen? I thought she was the Queen of all in Well, that's the thing about the Borg. This is, this is an interesting point about the Borg Queen. The fact is, if you watch throughout... You know, particularly Voyager, you see her purely betrayed as the villain. She, she is just throughout the whole way, just betrayed as the villain. I suppose it's because she's the only one with free will. Yeah, she's the only one who essentially, get yeah, to say what she's doing. Because she's the one giving the orders to the hive, to the collective. But so I think that leads us nicely into the cycle of the Borg, isn't it? I think. Yeah. I mean, this is almost getting very, very close to the, what the topic should be: Borg villains or victims. Oh, that's all good fun. Well, hopefully not now, but hey. Yeah, yeah. yeah no true. Anyway, going back to it, going is there a situation that, yeah. of are, are the Borg villains or victims? So, or both. Or both. Or both. Indeed, indeed. So, I mean, we start off, you're assimilated. Now, at that point, you are a victim. Yeah. Purely and simply victim. You've been assimilated, well, you've been changed, yeah, you you've no taken control. everything away. Yeah, that's right. No yeah. control, everything's been changed. But then you go on to actually assimilate someone else. So does that actually make you the villain then? Because you... Ah, but we've already mentioned the fact that they're being controlled. Yeah. So 
a villain is somebody who does evil acts on purpose. Yeah. There's somebody who will do these things purely and simply because they don't like something or they don't like something or something right. happened in their past life and they want help in on evil. So is it a situation that they then become evil? Ah, just what, what do you guys think? Any elaborations on that at all? Anybody? Come on, let's throw it down here. Here we go. Go on. Seven nine. There you go, Jeremy. Oh, thank you, Sly, for pointing that out. I had to. Bye. No, I was just going to say that the use of the term villain is interesting in itself because the Borg don't actually have a sense of morality as we'd perceive it. So what they view as, what we view as inherently wrong they wouldn't anyway they just see it as the search for evolutionary perfection so well yeah it just brings us on to the point I said where the idea sort of, of it's a really good point to make because we don't know this idea of where actually perfection actually comes from so where does the idea of sort of perfection come from or the shape of the bulk ship could it be something that's sort of developed over time or that they've assimilated from different species yeah we why a cube why a, why a sphere why yeah. a cube yeah does it make any sense simplest shape isn't it and it's easiest, and you can get more uh, drones on that ship there, can't you? Yeah. Then you're also thinking about perfection. Is perfection having similar space for, like you say, your drones on the ship? You've got more room, you haven't got to have situation of recreational quarters, you haven't got to have feeding quarters, you've just got to have regeneration chambers. It's lots of little things, isn't it? But it's all down to simplicity. Just it's one big organism instead of little small parts Ourselves, of it yeah. in one place, mm. is it? I say. But then, going back to what we were talking about, Borgs, villains or victims, again, good point made there. It is a case that they're not, but they're not victims. Or not, sorry, but from not the human villains. point of view, they are villains, aren't they? And yeah. also victims, to some certain degree, I, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting that it comes about, because if you think of, I said, example, like Seven of Nine, or when Picard was uh, <laughs> assimilated, he was pure, they purely seen as victims, because she remembers the past atrocities that she committed when she was actually the Borg. So, and she actually looks back and obviously she regrets it. So but I think from that, you can see that they're, they're both, can't you? Yeah. Both, but, you know. Yeah, so, it didn't quite work, but hey, never mind. No, never no, mind. <laughs> well, going back to the Borg Queen, I think this is a good point of view because she is portrayed constantly as a situation where she's always in charge. Yeah. But we touched on it briefly earlier, the situation that could there someone be someone behind her? Is there someone controlling her, forcing her to do the yeah. very acts? So is she, in a way, just as much of a victim, really, to be fair to you? And the fact is that it's mentioned in, in a Voyager episode that uh, the core queen actually says to someone, oh, yeah, actually, I was assimilated myself. Yeah, species um, 125. That's right, yeah. Mm. So, you know, she's just, she just much of a victim as everyone else despite the fact she's been betrayed. But how was she assimilated? Was it by the creator? And I've put that in speech marks again. Yeah. Or just some normal person who just so happened, because of her abilities, ended up becoming the queen? Yeah. Do you guys have any thoughts about the ball queen at all? Would you like to share? One behind and nil. Uh, one thing I read um, regarding the series Enterprise, if they'd have gone on to do another series... Apparently, they were looking to do an episode where the Borg Queen was created and assimilated. And in the episode Regeneration, when the Borg who went back in time for first contact, I think they were probably going to assimilate the Borg Queen. Do you think 
that maybe the whole thing is just a big time loop and the Borg were created because these two Borg drones were left behind from the first contact film. That's Do you quite. Th- think it's just one big time loop. That's one thing that's never come up. That's one thing we've never brainstormed. That's, that's not one. That's, again, it's just to say it's stuff that we, we we've come up with. That you, that's very. That's a very good question. Again, time that travel a, just baffles it, me. Though, it is it? quite a good possibility for that. Yeah. But you know, again, with this speculation is rife. So you could always say, is there another time mm. where the ball came went back in time, and they assimilated someone? Who, who knows? Yeah. But then you also got to think about the Borg that got frozen. Why is it a situation that if you get assimilated, you then get frozen? Now, I'm the world's worst of the episodes because obviously I'm the new fan. <laughs> but you've got the other situation when the ball get frozen. They've, not, they've been assimilated, they get frozen, but then the first thing they do when they wake up is actually to assimilate something else. Oh, that, to me, is villainy. <laughs> it's quite a flexible concept, I think, isn't it, really? So. <laughs> right, so we've done the ball queen. We're going to move on. Possibly, where are we? Borg drones. Yeah, we talk about them, yeah. I say, because if the Queen is sending out her drones, and again, again, this is going back to me, my thoughts on villainy, if she's sending out drones and she's sending off people to assimilate others else, again, she's a villain. Got to be. Well, in that term, she is, yeah. But she was also assimilated, so again, it goes around in a circle, she's also a victim. Yeah. Again, this is a constant turn of that cycle. It is, as I said, just like a time loop, as, as the gentleman at the back said. And the other thing is, as Simon come up with a really good theory, that it, on every Borg ship, there's actually a Borg, like a clone of the Borg Queen. Presumably. 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 It's, not, it's not fact, but oh, that no. fits the fiction that we see. Yeah, because we just don't know anything about it. on every ship, and they activate it when it's needed. That's my theory, but I could be wrong. Yeah. It's canon no. hasn't told us yet. But it fits all the pictures, mm. and that those clones act as lenses in that certain region. What do you guys think? Does that does that make any sense, or am I talking rubbish? Maybe it does. Rubbish. Rubbish. <laughs> Definite rubbish. Yeah. Scrub that away. Get rid of it. That's it. Gone. Chuck it in the bin. <laughs> but it's also the fact that you know why was the Borg Queen specifically chosen? Why her species was she chosen to leave? Was there something? When if she was assimilated, that specifically gave her the leadership skills. And if, you know, she lost that ability, would she be overthrown or something? What do you mean, like, um, when you have a, a queen ant that dies or a queen ant that gets rid of because she's old and boring and they find someone better? Like a Borg election, I suppose, isn't it, really? Borg election? Yeah. Guys, what's that going to be? Like? How would that work, though? I don't know. <laughs> oh, we've got, Neil, we've got a question here. I was just thinking that maybe she wasn't chosen. Maybe she just took control, just like lauded. Well, overthrow whoever. Overthrow someone, maybe? Maybe a previous not. previous member of her species? Yeah. Potentially, yeah. Because her species was selected because of their lens-like ability for thought. So is there a possibility that other members of her species have other hierarchical jobs in the Borg Collective? Could be. Yeah, does that make sense to anyone? <laughs> Just saying then that leads you down a different route, doesn't it? Just kind of, now where do you go? <laughs> well, this is the thing. I mean, with the Borg, all we know about them, like you said earlier, is they were yeah. around thousands of years ago in the Delta Quadrant. We just don't know. There's lots of ways of looking at it, lots of ways of thinking about it. 
And that's the thing, you always need a little bit of mystery, because a lot of things in Star Trek always explain, but the Borg, as I said, they've been done quite a lot, you know, sort of, they're villains, and then you turn them into individuals, but their origins have actually just never been explained, which is wonderful, I think. They're kind of an enemy that you kind of feel sorry for, though, aren't they? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because they just don't have anything about them. They lose their character, lose their will, they lose everything. Because they're us. Essentially. Ah, so it's humanity making the Borg. Like I said earlier, it's the Cybermen um, Cylon. Cylon, yeah. Isn't it? It's Terminator as well, actually. Yeah, that as well, yeah. If you think about any of these machines and any sort of films or anything we watch, it's always a situation where something is off control and the machine is a bad, the machine's a bad thing. Again, he's going back to that situation where I think they're villains. Well, you know... Are they fully, though? Are they fully, though? That's the thing. They're villains. Got to be. Got to be. They're taking over and they're getting rid of anybody's humanity. But how do they get there, though? But they've done that. We've gone round and round in that circle. <laughs> it's a constant circle that never ends, isn't it? No, exactly. Exactly. And, and the thing is, you know, I, sort of, I think they are victims themselves, but I think it's actually the technology that's the villainry. So, as I said, the, the, they've got the probe that's malfunctioned. Oh, fuck. Oh, Neil? Neil, we've got a question down there. A Neil. Checking your phone. <laughs> yeah. So. Afternoon, fellas. Hi. Hello. Uh, I was just wondering, I might be completely wrong here, and I'm sure people will point it out to me if I am. Um, but, uh, well, thank you very much, sir. Um, <laughs> but when the Borg, like, they first came into the TV show, I'm sure that characters and what have you said that the Borg weren't interested in assimilation of uh, individual beings, but just the technology. Yeah. So they would kill off the life forms just so they could get the technology. Uh, I'm probably skipping head here, but do you guys think it's more villainous? for them just wiping out life to get our technological devices to upgrade themselves or when they slightly altered the story after Picard being assimilated that they now assimilate life forms as well as technology which you, which you guys think is more villainous I'll answer that by saying it's also very similar to our culture you've got the situation where the Amazon's being taken away you've got a situation where people are mining through personal gain, through greed and everything else you're of a situation very very similar to how humanity deals with themselves as well I'd say it's a combination of the two because if you've got if you've got a particular culture that relies on that technology and then you take that away from them that can in some ways be just as destroying as actually taking their lives but thinking about it if you take it away from them and also take over their hearts and their minds so they can't think about anything yeah then you have you, have you actually taken it away from them you've actually conquered them haven't you yeah. effectively so it's this situation of simulation oh someone else here uh, but it's not the, necessarily the technology. There was the Next Generation episode with Hugh, where he'd been s the transmitter that linked him to the collective was gone, but he still had all the implants. He still had the capacity to connect to the collective, but he chose individuality. And this is true. And then it's it's true it's I think we're discussing the majority of drones, the ones that are. Ones that didn't break away, the 99.9% that was stuck in there the whole time. And there's some that went back in, and they, they caused an influence, but they, I don't think they caused that much of an impact. But they know they're doing it. I mean, Seven of Nine used to have dreams, didn't she? She used to have dreams of the, well, she, the she, back she, she used to do. Yeah, and the thing is, when you come to sort of the mention of, say, descent, you know, the individuals that were... You know, uh, you know, became, they became individuals. They could decide what to do. 
and some of them followed law. So that sort of made them villains. But then at the same time, he was guiding them and they just sort of were very confused. So they'd latched on to whatever they could because they'd never been individuals before. We've got another question down there. We've got a question from Jonathan Frakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, going back to the origins, um, yeah. it would obviously all start with the nanoprobes. So maybe it was like a biological, technological weapon made by the, uh, the starting race, obviously, who created the Borg as a biological weapon. And obviously, um, the Doctor from Voyager series altered those to it attack is, yes. species 8472. Yeah. So maybe it's a biological weapon. I don't know. No, it's again, it's it could a have been a medical thing. Yeah. It could have been anything. It could have been a science experiment that got, went out of control. Yeah, like um, we enhance our bodies with prosthetics. It could start off as helping and uh, maybe it taken over and got a will of its own. Yeah, I say it got what? its own identity and then went, I'm going to try and take over now. I, mean, I, I don't need you anymore. I've got my own thoughts. I'm going to take you over and have my way with you. Okay, fair enough. There's a little bit sordid now. No, perhaps that not. Is, that is scaring me, Si, as well. You both, why are you both scaring me? Are you in an episode me? now? <laughs> Hope but not. No. You also think of Data as well, because when Data is created, he was there to help, but his brother before overtook and took that yeah. situation where his creator asked him to do something and made it bad. Well, it's, it's looking at it as sort of the Borg in a way, sort of a, a former sort of slavery. I mean, that could have been the future Data had in Measure of a Man, couldn't it? So just think what happened if, you know, Picard had won his calls for him and, you know, he would have, it could have been a whole race of datas. So. A race of datas, all laughing with a, with a mouth on the chip. That should be interesting. <laughs> Getting jokes that were sort of 20 minutes or 20 years old. Yeah. But say, in conclusion, what's your thoughts then? I think, for me, it's a bit both. I really have to sit on the wall with this. Because, as I say, with the cycle of the Borg, they are a mixture of the two. Yeah. You cannot have one without the other. No. So I've got to say both. But I know you two have got two totally different ideas. Well, I've always thought villainy. Yeah. Mainly because of what they do. They conquer, they take over, they get rid of humanity, they destroy people's lives. Yeah. And then they absorb you. It's almost a form of slavery. So for me, it's villains. Well, for me personally, I, I actually think they're victims. And as I said, I think it's actually the technology itself that is the villain. As I said, the postman sent out and the technology, you know, it's malfunction and the technology then has assimilated that person. And that's what's, you know, what's made the Borg as they are. So that's sort of my stance, really. But as, as you can see, from three of us alone, we haven't had consensus, which is why up there it says, I don't know, you, you <laughs> could be right, we could be right. We just don't know. We, yeah, we don't know. You don't guys don't know, but you could be right, we could be wrong. Yeah, yeah we've, we've all come to different conclusions, haven't we, which I think... Well, I think it's, it's that same thing, because people... So little is known about the Borg, so little is known about them, yeah. that there can be a no right or wrong answer. It's the mystery behind how they came into being that's so interesting. Yeah. And, and again, it's the whole thing about Star Trek. It's the whole imaginary thing about it kind of how did that happen why did that happen makes you very inquisitive doesn't it it just makes you wonder just keeps you thinking keeps you well that's what Star Trek's always been about it's asking these questions about ourselves about our existence and the future 
And, you know, I think, as I said, I think that's probably the why, partly, that it's been so successful and it still continues to be today. So I mean, let's, heck, let's have a vote, yeah. shall we? Should we see what's happened? So let's see who people... Who think they are villains? Put your hands up. Not that many. splattering. I'm not sure there's a few more. Victims? Who thinks they're victims? Okay. And what about both? Well, that's... Somehow, that's about the same. About the same. Well, there you go. So so the real real answer question is that nobody actually knows. That couldn't have gone better, actually. So it's... That proves, doesn't it? Just kind of... We don't know. You don't go. You guys don't know. Is well, I, don't, I wasn't expecting that. The only person remarks. we haven't heard from is Neil. Yeah, what about you, Neil? Well, <laughs> let me first off say that this is the fan panel that's so dramatic it's got its own soundtrack. Well, we right. do aim to please. And sound effects. The show must go um, on. It appears that it's because the majority of everybody doesn't really know. It's, it's either one or the other, or it could be both. It's, it seems as though it's very much a chicken and egg. Yeah. situation yeah. where you've got to have like the victims said earlier. to have the villain to have the victims to have the villain and you've got to have the drones but you've got to have the Borg Queen but the Borg Queen could she have one stop? point being a drone could it be as something like the Klingons going where back to the Borg election this you is not good. go up a level by killing off I mean you know something we've never seen nobody's ever elaborated on something like that but, but I, I, I tell you what I'd, what you've got to realise is, I had a, a, a son two and a half years ago, so my Star Trek knowledge isn't up to scratch. <laughs> so, is there a Borg Queen on every queue? That's my theory. I think there's a chamber for the Borg Queen. Because yeah. she always turns up, and if the ship gets destroyed that you see, you she's see always it. around it's again. ta-da, I'm here. You see, you see, you see your head just come over, don't you? You're there as well now. So, that's, that's my theory. So there could be actually several ball queens, or just the thousands, one that managed to skip. Hundreds, yeah, hundreds exactly. of thousands. So basically, it, it is as you said earlier, where we have a situation like a uh, an ant, uh, the ants, where we've got a queen ant, and we've got a farm of ants, but in separate locations all dotted around the quadrants. Well, yeah, and quadrant, galaxy, universes, whatever planes they're on, but yeah, there's going to be one for every region. So there could be, as I, as Lenz, so I, I don't know. Aha, we've got a question from this guy ah. over here. He's going to answer now. He's going to cause problems. Destroy right, everything. Thanks for uh, answering. Um, did you ever consider that the uh, Borg Queen actually might just be a personality download? So to facilitate the requirement in that particular area of space? Let's say where they can become useful, where she's needed, Absolutely. it's you, we, you, we need you here in this cube yeah. over so, here because there's actually an and episode in Voyager that, way, yeah. that uh, Seven of Nine says that she will live forever in immortality because all the collective remembers who she is yeah. it's the same as the Borg Queen you can never actually technically kill her there you go but, but I bet Data remembers us quite well but then that would mean that if she's just a personality that they can download for their purposes for that cube that means that there's no Borg Queen yeah that's, I just had that thought in my head just kind of is she an automation of everyone. Is she a hologram? An amalgamation of absolutely everything that's there, of all the people involved, and she's just a, a figurehead for the everything. Well, I, as I said, that, I then that brings that nicely around to, as you said, if it's a program, the technology is forbidden. Back to my way of thinking about it. 
So. <laughs> so the answer is that the technology is the villain, the organic structure that holds it up. Maybe. 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 Because we just don't know. If you want to agree with me, Phil, and say yes, I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to argue with you on that. I'm trying one, to get so. an answer to the question. There That's is, the thing, no, there is answer. no answer. There never was. There never was. So just by going through those couple of questions and what you've just been talking about for the last five minutes, <laughs> has that swayed anybody? Has that made you think that, ah, now then, I might have changed my mind. So who, I'm going to throw it over to you now to do oh, your poll again. Right, we'll hold that for one second. Wait a minute, wait, wait. Oh, Riker, Riker needs to be doing this first. Thank you. <laughs> um, aren't you a victim in your own body? Because um, Picard remembers what, he do- what he's done. Yeah. And in uh, the DS9 mm. episodes, when he confronts Cisco, because obviously Cisco's wife died in the Battle of Wolf 359, yeah. um, they came to blows, but Picard turned around to him and says, It wasn't me. I was, you know, I was being controlled by a, you know, he yeah. knew what he was doing, mm. but he couldn't stop himself. So. I don't know, he's, he's the victim, but he's not. But I'm still going for the victim. He's the victim because he's a slave? Yeah. yeah. You're, being, you're a slave in your own body. It's like having my hand there. I know I'm doing it. And, but, yeah. and the other thing is, he actually said he remembers those atrocities and he feels guilty for them. And so, so it's Seven of Nine as well. Yeah. yeah. So it's the fact, that the fact that they feel guilt, you know. Makes them maybe they're not a villain. Precisely. But then villains do bad things and then feel bad about it later as well. Well, yeah, that's, a, that's going on to a whole other thing, though, yeah, but yeah. When do the questions end? <laughs> do they ever end? It's the board. We don't know anything about them. That's the point. <laughs> you got a final four, haven't you? Do you want to go ahead? No, you go ahead. You go ahead. You're the one who thought about it. But have we actually created the problem that we're facing by sending out all these probes that might actually end up crashing something and causing the whole problem in the first place who, who knows we'll just yes, yeah. do that just but you know just, I think again we wouldn't let you know where you can find us like I said we are a new podcast check us out see if you like us we've already got some teaser trailers up on Podomatic which is the only thing not on there because it's the very brand new last thing we've done yeah but so you can check us out on our website come on. over and pick up a business card because we've got tons of them to give out yeah we're also on Facebook and our blogger and we're, we're on iTunes as well so, so check us out on there. But thank you for your audience. Yeah. Right, so it's, it's, it's time for the quiz now. So can, can you just turn around so everybody can see your names? Right, so we've got Jamie, Phil, Simon. This is like blind date. Which one has got the encyclopedic <laughs> knowledge of all the starships? I wonder. Uh, I can't hear you. What? <laughs> what? Simon? Can you the you real would know that, though, wouldn't you? Ah, you would know that. Correct. Right. Probably because I said it as well to everyone. Yeah, that didn't help when we were introducing ourselves. No, it doesn't really, does it? That's <laughs> wasted my time. <laughs> who, who is the person that has only been a fan for the last five years? Hmm. I wonder. Phil. Yes. Correct, Phil. <laughs> so... This is going to be a diff- diff- really difficult one. Who's the last right. one left? Who is the fan of Star Trek just because of Jerry Ryan? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Jamie. Yeah. Well, how did you get that? Well, so that's amazing. All right, we've actually got a few minutes still. So, 
going back to, uh, I don't know if, did anybody catch um, Dave Copeland's talk over on the Voyager stage about, uh, well, he's the chief, env- chief what? Chief envisionary officer of Microsoft UK. They exist. Yes. Um, so, do you not think that the, the level of technology that is being currently invented and being researched on could possibly make us lazy enough or brutal enough to start actually modifying ourselves and then eventually become the Borg? It's a good fault. It's a good fault. It's, it's quite an interesting question, the fact that we've come so really, really far with technology. I mean, nowadays, we can just do everything at a touch of a button. I mean, I'm a bit behind in certain terms of certain technology. I've got to be honest. I'm a bit archaic in that respect. I still like to read, you know, books, you know, in paperback or hardback. And, you know, all these, everyone has all these kids. Paperback and hardback? Yeah, I know, precisely. That's what a I history mean. book? Yeah, something like that. That's what I feel like. I'm getting old. That's my problem. But then you also have a situation where you've got people who've got artificial limbs. People who can walk. But yeah. I think Neil's got some back there. Yeah. It's just me and you two talking. I just had a thought. Um, what do you think of the idea? You were talking about a Borg being like a Terminator scenario. What do you think of the idea that maybe Henry Stalin had something to do with the creation? Ooh. From the Voyager episode, Future's End? Did we, we did, I think we did briefly mention that, didn't we? At we some did point. cover that. We did work back when we were first organising this, actually. After, well, again, it leads back to the we just don't know. Possibly. Yeah. You just don't know. He could be this, the creator of the Borg, whatever, whoever, or whatever it was. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. What you, you, you well, as I said, I've... Oh. Can, I, can I ask a question first? Go on, Neil. Right. This, he wants a right, third huh? question. Is he allowed one? Go on, Neil. Right, okay. Give him one but more. He wants. Uh, go back to the assimilation. The Vidians <laughs> from Voyager, they assimilate... Um, organic parts, so maybe it's got that sort of background to it. I don't know. Are they just Paul throwing in that curveball? Are they pre-Borg? Are they what the Borg were two thousand years ago, or whatever it is? Are they as the Borg? The poor man's version. Borg out there. You've got the real Borg, and then you've got the as the Borg. As, as I said earlier, my, my Star Trek knowledge isn't up to scratch because I've not been able to watch it for the last two and a half years. I've, I've been watching Dora the Explorer. So, oh, you speak Spanish. Can, can, yeah, up to ten. <laughs> can you tell me uh, which episode it was that Spock was talking about some sort of creator that are very reminiscent of the Borg? I think that goes over to our resident episode expert here. If you, are you talking about? If you, if you think what I'm, I hope that you're talking about, are you referring to Nomad? That's the right. Yes, possibly the changeling. Yeah. Well, you ain't definitely talking about the cat pancake episode. Oh, well, I probably should deny that. No, we're not talking about that. No, we know how much you love that episode, Phil. <laughs> yeah, the, the change in season two, episode three, I believe that is. Oh look! Here we go again. I think now there's a round of applause. Round of applause, Thank ladies you. and gentlemen. <laughs> Could have done that earlier, Jamie, like, say, this morning. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Neil did ask me this morning, and my brain was like, uh, oh, you know, oh, dear. You know, you were still waking up. Jerry I was still Ryan. waking up. I was still waking up oh. from my nightmares about the Borg. That was what it was. And Jerry Ryan. We've got one behind you, Neil. 
Hiya. Hi. Um, oh, he's stealing my beer. Um, oh, you swapped. <laughs> I just wanted to ask, I grew up when TNG, I was quite young when TNG was on, and I remember being absolutely petrified of the Borg. They scared me so much. You know where I'm coming from then. But um, when they brought the Queen in, I found them less intimidating because it seemed like they had a weakness. They had a, yeah. a way to defeat them. Well, Do you feel the same? Well, that happened in Descent, didn't it? That's where it really started to go kind of, oh, they're just another alien species. Well, they actually, just lost their, their teeth, didn't they? Well, actually, I have to correct you on that, so I would actually go back to Eyeborg for that, really. That, that was the start of when, you know, Hugh became an individual and you started to see the Borg differently. Well, I can see One that. word. Machine gun. Why is it not used? <laughs> well, technically, that's two words, but yeah. What, why didn't they use a machine gun to get to the Borg? Well, indeed. <laughs> you fire a phaser, they do what they need to do best. That's phasers don't work. Cause they, cause that's they a whole other issue, isn't it? Machine that's a whole gun? other fan panel. That is, that is Phil, yeah. <laughs> we'll have to leave that for another time. Okay, we're actually running out of time now. Oh, there you So go. has anybody got one quick question? Anyone else? Oh, <laughs> Riker's not got a question. <laughs> what a surprise. He's up half his left. <laughs> well, we'll let you get another question. first time we actually want him to talk. <laughs> I was just thinking that maybe the conclusion to this conundrum is that the hive mind is the villain and all the individual Borg are the victims. I like that. Yeah. I think yeah. that works a round of applause. Yeah. The man has does. answered it. We need to go home. Bye. <laughs> Well, thank ah, you guys. Right. Simon, your mother has just said, what about the Borg babies? Thank you, Mother. Let's just spend another half hour up here, but yes. <laughs> Let's destroy that one. But say, we are Do a new podcast. Not many no, of us no, know. No? Ladies and gentlemen, please, a round of applause for Simon, Jamie, and Phil from the Engage thank you podcast. We have freebies, so if you want to come over and get them, you're Ooh, welcome. They've got freebies quick. We've got given them so. Right. For the that is actually the last thing that we've got on this stage. So, if you want to, head over to the Voyager stage. We have a talk with Martin Netter about the history oh, yeah. of Star Trek it's uniforms right. yeah. and consoles. Glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, really good. Go and try and check us out.